0: Someone once told me that the line between light and dark is very thin.
1: Walk it alongside me.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Becoming Legend. What is up, Guardians? (laughs) Season of the Plunder. What's up, (laughs) Guardians? How are y'all
0: doing? Been plundering much? Is that a verb? Like, uh, do you plunder
1: or is plunder like a thing you get? I don't know. I don't don't know the the present
2: tense of, of plundering. I think the past tense is plundered. So. If you're in the <laughs> middle of plundering and fighting for the Traveler and fighting off a race of elixni who are supposed to be your friends, but their old homie, their old friend and leader, uh, Aramis, you know, made a po- she popped up in the chat and you know. the crowd went wild. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess they're evil again. I guess. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Becoming Legend. is up in the beginning of the episode real quick let me get a quick housekeeping session out of the way bird up housekeeping session and then we'll get into the lore real quick the becoming legend in-game clan is recruiting as well as the becoming legend discord if you are a listener and you want to play with us you want to shoot some stuff in the face you want to get some art kills you want to you want to do a raid i'll take you through a raid you can reach us in the Discord, the link will be in the show description below, as well as you can reach out to me personally. For the first time ever, I am giving out my ID on air. I'm doxing myself. It is Bird Up, B-I-R-D, triple U-P, just like it is in the description of the podcast. Pound sign 5460, Bird Up 5460. I don't care if you're Xbox, PC, PlayStation. You can be on Stadia. I don't care. You play with me. Add me. Let's go. That's all I had in the beginning. Thank you. And um, we'll get to it. Mr. Tweezy.
1: What is up? You're very brave, by the way. I, I don't first of all, I don't know my numbers at the end of my <laughs> had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The Destiny app's
2: pretty good these days. They've been making some adjustments to it. <laughs> yeah. All yeah right. so, well, uh, we're in the middle of a new season. New things are happening. How do you feel about it?
1: Uh, I feel pretty good. I uh, obviously at the time of recording, some stuff has gone down. Uh, We're not going to talk about that in this episode. Uh, One of our our guiding principles for this podcast is that we want to encourage players to discover these things for themselves. Uh, And so we have a pretty big spoiler warning thing that we do. It's also in the discord. You know, we we really trying to make sure that any spoilers are held off like talking about for at least a a couple of weeks, give everybody some time to experience it for themselves. After that, like you've been on the Internet, you know, unfortunately, you're just going to have to get used to it because we got to move on. But in light of that, we have decided that this week's episode, we're going to pay attention to the new lights. We are going to be paying attention to the players who did not play before Witch Queen came out or some of the LAPS players who didn't play beyond light. There's a lot of characters that are being introduced or reintroduced this season, season of plunder, uh, and we figured we should just uh, go back through them all, kind of hit why these characters are important, uh, kind of some of their backstories, and maybe I'm, I'm saying maybe, but you know maybe some predictions about how some stuff is going to work forward uh, in the rest of the season. No guarantees, but we do make predictions. Uh, as you guys have known, if you've been listening to us for the, you know, however long we've been doing this podcast at this point, uh, time is a flat circle. Uh, um, you guys know that we, we're have done... uh, we are juggling multiple timelines. We wow. are. Um, we have gone in depth about some of these things in previous episodes. Again, today's episode is just for the new lights. This is just for the people who did not play most of the year that Beyond Light was out, we're going to be going through and talking about Spider, a little bit about him, why he's important, what happened to lead to Season of Plunder. That's very important. We haven't seen him in a bit. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about Mithrax, talk a little bit about Ido. talk East a little Rax. bit about Aramis, the once ship stealer, Kel of Kells. Yeah. We're going to get into it. Once was a it. ship
2: stealer. One time. Yeah.
1: She did. Once. You know, so I, I think it's it's a great idea for us, uh, you know, because also we, we haven't seen some of these faces in a while and I haven't gone back to listen, but I'm pretty sure that once we went through beyond light and we had our, our episode where we kind of discussed our feelings about it, we made predictions. Right, mm-hmm. We're going to start with the big one. We're going to start with the big bad. Aramis is back. She is unfrozen. I think we predicted that was going to happen at some point. Right? Who whoa, knows? Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. wait, 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 a wait a minute. Are you telling me that global warming awoke Aramis?
1: Which is impressive because she is on an ice planet or she was on an ice planet. Oh, before. since the
2: guardians have been going to Europa, we've increased the temperature of the planet. That's why she woke up, right?
1: Yeah. You know, we started back up all of uh, Clovis Bray's, you know, machines that are hidden there. Oh, yeah. That I, I'm generates sure we, a lot of heat. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure we, we've definitely contributed to it. No uh, darkness, bad. man. The darkness <laughs> is back in a big, bad way. So let's talk about Aramis. <laughs> Again, I've referenced Aramis. Kel of Kells, Kel of the House Salvation, the once ship stealer. Who is Aramis? Well, Aramis is actually a very important character for the Destiny universe because Aramis is one of the few living Eliksni who actually witnessed the events of Whirlwind. For those of you that don't know, just going to really quickly go over it. Uh, the Eliksni were a race of beings that the Traveler had visited before visited us. The Traveler had bestowed the light upon them. And then the darkness came, the Traveler fled. And that event is known as the Whirlwind. As a result of the Whirlwind, as a result of the taking King Oryxes ravaging the Elixni home planet, they left. And they started trying to find the traveler again. They went into something called the Long Drift, where they traveled across space. They would steal ships. They became pirates because piracy was the only way in which they could live. They adapted their technology, their toys, their children's toys that rendered them invisible. They adapted that for warfare just so that they could survive. Brought them to the soul system, the solar system that we now inhabit. They found the traveler. And that's where Aramis came in because Aramis remembers the time when the traveler was there and she is furious with the traveler for abandoning her and her people. And so she did something that very few other Eliksni have done. She willingly embraced the darkness. She became powerful, wanted to become even more powerful for a while, the the guardians in the tower had labeled Aramis as a threat because Aramis was seen as one of maybe two Elixni that could be the fabled Kel of Kels, the leader who could unite all of the remaining factions under a single banner of Elixni and lead them against the traveler, against the guardians, against the tower. And that is essentially what Beyond Light is. She is able to wield the darkness and wield stasis in a way that, uh, you know, it took us a little bit like we had for like the majority of that campaign, we had to commune with the darkness and those pyramids in order to be able to use stasis. You know, we hadn't leveled up our ability. She, you know, is able to not only have it, but she granted it to her acolytes, her, her subservient people, you know,
2: Absolutely. The House of Salvation became emboldened, empowered with the power of stasis, mm-hmm. which only became possible through the technology of friends and allies of Aramis, the movement that she put together.
1: Mm-hmm. And of Salvation
2: is a new house. Yes, it is. It's, it's relatively new. Whenever you consider the expanse of the elixir and the houses of old, which are no longer present, for example, House Judgment, you may have heard mm-hmm. that name before. This is one represented by Varix, who before all of this, especially in D1, we considered to be one of the elder members of Eliksni, one of the possibly, you don't want to say leaders, but he is another one who witnessed the whirlwind and witnessed the fall of the Elixir. Witness them become the pirates that we know them as today, which again was influenced by the fall of Riss, their home planet. Imagine Earth is destroyed and there's only a couple million of us humans left on maybe a couple thousand spaceships. What else are we going to do but resort to space piracy? Yeah. For survival. And these are things that throughout Destiny's time, we have come to fear the Elixir as villains. But really, they're doing what they had to do to survive.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Which comes full circle when you consider Season of the Plunder, where now the Elixni are tracking down relics of the past in Elixir mm-hmm. culture. These are new relics never mentioned before in the lore. I've never heard of them ever. But yeah. these are new relics that we are hunting down currently in the season of the plunder in order to keep Aramis and her crew from gaining these dark relics which we'll speak more on later in the
0: exactly
1: where we left last aramis was our final battle the final battle of beyond delights campaign we fight her and instead of us actually defeating her instead of us uh killing her the darkness senses a weakness The darkness senses something, a lack of devotion. Call it what you will. And the darkness itself wields power against Aramis. Aramis starts to turn into an ice sculpture that for a while you could visit. And you can see and kind of hang out and beam and do all your emotes on. But since that time, Aramis has been a character that has just been frozen in time, abandoned by the darkness because they were unable to fulfill the darkness's wishes. What those wishes are as far as what was happening on Europa, we still probably aren't 100% sure. You know, we do know that Cloves Bray was finagling with the darkness. We do know that there's a lot of secrets within Europa, most of them discovered, some of them probably not. We haven't seen anything until now, when the darkness of voice reached out to Aramis, thawed her ice, and granted her the ability to walk amongst us again. And as such, she has done what we have feared. While she was gone, House Salvation became just like every other fallen, every other elixir house we have ever experienced: the House of Devils, the House of Dusk, the House of wolves. They are just surviving, doing what they can to continue to survive because their leader yet again is gone. But now their leader is
0: back calling to her acolytes,
1: come to me. I have returned. Let us get these sources of power from before our time. Well, most of your time. Most of the most of the Elixir that we, we run into now were born after Whirlwind, born at a time in which you know they knew nothing but the piracy that they that they experienced. What those powers are, what they're going to lead to—I mean, we're still figuring out. But that is where Aramis was. It's a very interesting character. She's, you know, not only is Aramis uh, of. The first female Eliksni that we have ever encountered. But again, one of two Eliksni that we know of that
0: the Vanguard viewed as powerful enough to unite the Eliksni. It's no joking matter, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And she really she took that role she wasn't
2: given it through all of d1 even year 3 d1 we we're given a little bit of lore on varix even in d2 beginning of forsaken where we're given more expansion on varix it's positioned that we assumed varix to be the one to unite the elixiny he calls himself kells of kell Kel of kells in a uh lore tab mm-hmm where he's actually leaving the prison of elders and decides to stand up for himself. Later, he was joined by Aramis, who really took the role for himself. Um, I just wanted to take a quick moment to break down the title of Kell of Kells. This is not something that you call yourself. You don't break out in the streets of Rizs and say, hey, I'm the Kell of Kells, everyone bow down. That's not how it works. The Kell of Kells is a prophesied position of power through elixir culture. How do they make prophecies? We've never really talked about that. Don't worry about it. But all cultures have some form of vision, prophecy, something that they want to happen where they envision a leader that will unite their race back together under one flag, under one house, everything. And Aramis really built herself up, made the correct moves in order to become her version of this position. Now, we mentioned that there is Another sound like Yoda. There is another. (laughs) There is another. His name's Mithrax, aka mithrax Mm
0: -hmm. Some
2: of y'all know him. Some of you don't. He's a pretty cool guy. Um anyway. I
1: haven't seen him around the tower.
2: You might have seen him around the tower. If you played uh year one of Destiny Two, you may have saved his life during a side quest on uh what was it? Io? I wanna say Io. Could be wrong. I think it's Io. Anyway. Point is, he is another character who has uh really made a name for himself, especially after Beyond Light when Aramis was removed from the table and he had no real opposition to the claim of Kel of Kel. Misrax was the one who decided, hey, Fallen, um, let's see if we can become friends with the Guardians instead of trying to fight them because we haven't killed a Guardian in a while and this is a losing battle maybe we can become friends the enemy of my enemy is my friend type situation he did a pretty decent job throughout season of the splicer we actually moved his house under the traveler they have their own uh let's call it a subdivision they're living in the suburbs of the city border, you know uh underneath the traveler which is great that's super progress when you consider this race of aliens we've been shooting for Several centuries, and now yeah. we're friends with. That's great. But some Elixir, I would even say the majority of Elixir do not agree with him and do not think that they should have moved in with the Guardians. They shouldn't be living under the Traveler. And one distinction in particular why some Elixir may swing one way or the other, as we stated in the beginning of the episode, Aramis was actually around. For the whirlwind she witnessed it she experienced Mm it misrax did not he's too young Mm -hmm. he said so in this season actually maybe last season i'm pretty sure this season week one he said that he missed the whirlwind by a few generations so he never experienced it the reason i'm starting to bring these things up these ideas is misrax has an unfounded, I would say in my experience, belief in the Traveler. He views the Traveler as a savior, as the, the great machine, as his species, as has called it for millennia, but forgets the fact that the great machine actually abandoned them in their time of need. And it's just interesting that in this same timeline, while all these things are happening, not even a season or two ago, Zavala went through the same thing. Our Zavala from the Vanguard, where he realized, hey, maybe the traveler isn't necessarily a god. Maybe the traveler doesn't always make the right choices. And Misrax has not been put in that position yet. Whereas Aramis realizes, no, you cannot trust the traveler. So these are just core differences in beliefs that are splitting the Elixni. And what really makes this Season so important is the fact that you have the two possible heirs, titles to the Kell of Kells going head to head. And we don't really know what's what's going to.
1: You're exactly right. We do not. You know, and Mithrax is also a uh, Mithrax Mishrax uh, is in his own right, a, a very unique character. Uh, in the lore, misrax started as a dreg, and worked his way up in the House of Dusk until he, you know, went against us, pretty much. Uh, had a change of heart, decided that he was going to do everything that he could to help the Guardians and help the Light, for whatever reason. Misrex is an Elixney that formed a fire team with a Hunter and a
0: Titan, where they would so- go out You know, because I think some important pieces of of Mithrax's lore is that he was captured, kidnapped, held prisoner by.
1: So I'm going to mess this one up (laughs) from Sir Ido. Sir Ido. Wow. Sir Ido. Sir Ido, who was the first queen's wrath,
0: you know, uh, and had an
1: experience with Ido that really, I think started to influence how he viewed humanity, how he viewed the awoken, how he views the fallen uh, at the time, the, the fallen's place, in the the larger universe, you know came to the realization that maybe everything that he has been taught to believe about the traveler, about the guardians, about the awoken uh is leading him down the wrong path, you yeah. know, and he has been it seems like he has been doing everything he can to make up for that, including creating the house of light, which as you mentioned, we have uh, nestled into the, the last quarter of the city. I think it's called the last quarter. The last quarter. I don't know. One of those. Something like that. It looks like they're in the city. They are within the the confines of the last city under the protection, quote unquote, of the traveler. You know, and he has proven himself to be incredibly valuable as we have gotten to know him more. You know, we he is a uh, an elixir splicer. We learned, which means that he has the ability to manipulate the vex network in a way uh, to achieve certain results, which we used during season of the splicer in order to uh, end the endless night that was happening in the tower and defeat Coria, the taken mind. You know, he has. Rest in peace, Corey. Rest in peace. Uh, he has also been the character who reframed Saint-14 for a lot of people, you know, and showed people how the Eliksni viewed Saint-14 at the same time, you know, where Saint was trying to come to grips with his feelings about uh, the the Elixney, the the House of Light specifically, being sheltered in the last city. He just, it's it's very interesting. He is he is a very, <laughs> very interesting character because of those choices that he's made, because of the fact that he has an understanding of a woken culture because of his time with Ido. He is bringing humanity and the vanguard a deeper understanding of Elixir culture in the same way that Keitel brought a deeper understanding of cabal culture. You know, like the Mithrax by and large is our ambassador to the larger Elixni culture. Um because compared to Varix the loyal, compared to Aramis, you know, Varix would tell us some stuff, but it was it was mostly just, you know, whatever we needed to know about what was happening with the House of Wolves and and how they got involved with the Reforce. Not so much like, hey, this is like This is why these things are important to my people,
0: you know? Um,
1: And it's, it's, it's not lost on me because when Mithrax was, was going through a, a, a wreck, the wreckage of a catch one day, he found a baby
0: fallen. And the name that he chose to give his adopted daughter is Ido. As homage to Queen's Wrath Ido. Sjur. Yeah. <laughs> Sjur. Yeah. In that's case anyone out announce, there needs
2: guys. to know, um, I uh, real quick, Sjur Sierra oh. Ido, one of the top characters in my opinion. That's not spoken about enough. She deserves her own video. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'll give her one later down the line. And she is also the reason for my number one all time favorite exotic wish ender. Look her up. She's amazing. And she has lore with Saint. She has lore with Queen Mara. She has lore with Misrex. She has lore in the first
0: dungeon we ever got. So that's all I'm going to say about her right now. Let's get back to the topic. So, sorry, I love a, Sierra Ido. Yeah, I'm gonna take good. it. I know. I just you're said good. let's get back, but uh, Sierra Ido,
2: because I, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. Like I wasn't expecting um, Mr. Tweezy to drop name drops Sierra Ido, and I was already thinking of the relation between uh, Ido and the names Sierra Ido. See, me personally, I was unaware of this lore that uh, Mr. X had met Sierra Ido before. So this is in episode live reaction. This is like I'm learning some lore y'all. I hope y'all learn too.
1: Not just <laughs> like, met, by what? the way. Not just met. He was captured by Sir Ido, and then he was so distraught about that, about the fact that he was caught, that he tried to commit suicide. He tried to escape and jump off of a cliff, and Ido stopped him. Ido like tied him up and forced him to come along. You know? Sounds yeah, like something no, she would there, do. There's some, there's some interactions. Uh, definitely, definitely someone that we should talk about. I've even made a note on the side to be like, <laughs> yo, like, uh, we'll revisit this. But since we're talking about
0: Seer Idol, I think it's only time that we talk about her namesake.
1: The newest character to our pantheon of, uh, of allies, yeah. Idol Scribe of
2: the house of light scribe absolutely not just regular Ido, not just daughter of the Kel Ido, living it up in her fancy tower and not contributing to elixir culture she became a scribe which means Mm -hmm. it is her duty to note everything that is happening in the past present and to be future of house light it is her job her duty to record all of history for this brand new house and in the other houses will only have what is written by her as reference this is how important her position is this is not something that you just apply for as a minimum wage part-time position for the elixir this is serious she's dedicated years to this and now she's dedicating herself to the events happening in the Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm
1: and yeah, I, I don't think that we can play down the role of scribe enough. You know, next to the members of the House of Judgment, the elixir scribes are some of the most important people in Elixni culture. Absolutely. You know, the since I brought them up, I have to say it. Uh, the House of Judgment were seen as the wisest of Elixni. and it was decreed That instead of having their own catch, their own area to call their own, that the members, the high up members of House of Judgment would be assigned to the other Eliksni houses to act as a sort of advisor to kind of just help guide the Eliksni throughout everything that was going on. But the scribes are the most important because elixney without the scribes elixney culture is lost without somebody writing your victories no one will remember you you know uh history is written by the victors but what makes ido very interesting is that she is not just interested in writing down the history of house of light she is interested in the history of the elixir as a whole and part of her motivation for going on to this season's adventure with us is to get a better understanding of the elixir cultures of old so that she can bring that to her people and they can figure out what to do with that information not that they know but just that they want to have an understanding of what's happening so that she can disseminate that to everybody else and that as a group they can figure out what's what to do and what's happening and they can have a little bit more of that shared history you know we we since (laughs) since we brought the elixir into the tower bird i think you and i have, have been doing a pretty decent job of trying to make sure that we reference them as elixir not as the fallen which we have Called them for for years up until that point, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's one of the other reasons why Ida is such an important person, just in general for her people, is because for years, from our perspective, uh, there was a sort of shame or or you know, like negativity around elixir There was a few bright spots. But the majority of them were bad. And what she seems to be doing in her somewhat naive way uh, is trying to instill that sense of pride in her people once again. The pride in being Elixney. The pride in being House Light. Uh, they seem very welcoming of everybody. You know? She's, she's very polite. She's very formal, like overly formal. Uh, you know, and and she's just, she's doing her best, you know? And I think I'm trying to remember, uh, and if I'm wrong on this one, uh, don't roast me in the comments, uh, but didn't Ido also spend a little bit of time with the Awoken? Yes,
2: she did. Actually, she studied under the Awoken, uh, forgetting the names. The, 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 the ones that it's yes, the tech Thank you. The ones we just spent a whole season, like two seasons ago, rescuing seven of yeah. them. To, yeah, it was a thing. you don't remember. Lot. And if you don't remember, don't worry about it. Um, but yes, so she has a wealth of knowledge and she is taking wisdom and knowledge from multiple sources, not just from the Elixir from her father, which in relation to Elixir culture and history, she has very little experience. I think the introduction of her character right around the time we befriended the Elixni really helped players like me who have been killing them for years to relate to say hey this is a new person I don't have anything against her she never did anything to me so I don't have any beef against her it makes sense but whenever I'm out doing strikes I have no problem killing old Elixni yeah, that said that said in this season in particular I have noticed That I feel bad when I'm doing the seasonal missions. Whenever I'm doing the catch crash, which is the new seasonal activity they gave us, basically every week we are finding a new fallen catch or, well, one we haven't come across before. We're finding the crutch, we're storming it, we're killing all the elixir on board, we're destroying all the ether on board, which I have a personal problem with now. (laughs) And then after all that, we take the darkness relic, which was why. We did that mission in the whole, in the first place. Yeah. But given the context we've had, especially in the last year of Elixir culture, peaceful and respectful they can be, and great friends all around and people we can look up to, great warriors, a fantastic culture. And we're just out here slaying them because they want to side with the darkness. And now that I have Elixir friends, I do feel bad going out and killing the others, even though yes, they are evil and siding with the darkness and blah, blah, blah. In particular in the Krets crash missions, y'all might remember in the middle of each ship, there's a part where you have to throw bombs at these little container things. You are destroying their ether supply, which is what they need to live. That's messed up. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Guardians. <laughs> That's like, okay. You, if we're shooting each other this it could be self-defense maybe but we're destroying their source of life I so mean, then, even the ones that possibly survived our attack on the catch are now doomed all because they side with the darkness
0: it's i rough. mean we, we also rough. kill a, a but, you whole know, whole dark of servitors.
1: servitors we yeah.
2: do kill oh yeah i didn't even think about the servitors
1: yeah yeah that's yeah. even worse the ones that generate the ether, oh, for man, them. I'm going too deep in the lore. <laughs> don't think about it. Bird. Don't think about it. Just shoot. All right. Well, if you don't want to think about it, let's bring it to the last character that I think we need to talk about our favorite. You know. eh, favorite, creepy maybe crawly. Yeah, you know, creepy crawly. We're talking, of course, about. Rackus, a.k.a.
0: spider. My name is Rakesh, but I'm ashamed of that name. I don't want anyone to
2: know. So I'm going to introduce myself as Spider. You know, typically back on Reese, we don't even have spiders, so I'm not really sure where I got this name. But
0: <laughs> anyway,
2: you yeah. want to buy some <laughs> shitty
0: pants That's that don't good. fit, Guardian? is pretty good. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got those pants. Everybody got those pants.
0: <laughs> no, but they didn't
2: even fit, man. They were too small. I know. Uh this is a this is a terrible in-game reference for those who have not played. Spider gives you a pair of pants that are too small. It's kind of insulting. you know, we've been friends for what three years now. You don't even know what size pants
1: I wear? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just hating yeah. on them. That's nah, all good, dude. Spider, of course, is the uh, the leader of a crime syndicate that used to reside on the taken shore um, and it's very interesting, actually, Spider, the way that, that Spider kind of came up. Spider is also an Elixir who uh, was not, I'm pretty sure, was not around for the events of Whirlwind. Yeah, he missed it, too. He is a former member of, I, I believe he was a former member of the House of Wolves until he decided, you know what, this isn't for me uh, and left. And decided to go ahead and, and you know, set up his, his criminal empire, as it were, uh, on the Taken shore. Now, there's some events that happened in Destiny 1 that I don't think we realized at the time involved Spider in a small way. And what those events were, were uh, once the Taken King Oryx brought his dreadnought into our solar system, the Awoken Queen Mara made the decision to bring the Awoken Fleet and attack, if not disable, the, uh, the Dreadnought from further intruding into our solar system, right? Because Oryx at the time was the greatest evil that we had faced. He had the Tablets of Ruin, which allowed him to create the Taken, which everybody probably has fought at some point or another you know, and if he was able to take the Guardians or take the Traveler, it would be over. And for those of us D1 vets, we know what happens. They attack, and then
0: they disappear. Not killed. We
1: find out years later, years later, uh, that Morrow, in fact, was not killed. In fact, she was just on the Woken Plane, working her way back to us. It's the entire premise of Season of the Lost. But something that was very interesting about that was that before the events of the Battle of
0: Saturn, Mara had made a deal with Spider, saying, I am going to look past your crimes, your transgressions, your activity, I'm going to, I'm going to look over that as long as you watch over my space until I return. Pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah. Little guard dog situation, you know.
1: And so once we got to Forsaken, that was when we were first introduced to spider as we were trying to track down, find, and eliminate all of the Scorn Barons that had escaped from the Prison of Elders, he helped us during the season. Uh, there ain't wait, see. So, Forsaken, Shadow Keep, Beyond Light. Hey, I didn't really do anything in Shadow Keep.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: right. Nah. No,
1: nah, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. He was just there.
2: Actually, no, there. I take it back. He was my number one source of glimmer. Oh, yeah. He was everyone's
0: number one source of glimmer for a bit uh-huh. there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now it's uh, Master Rahul. You know, but uh, we didn't really see much of him in, in uh, Shadow Keep that I can remember at this moment. If I'm wrong, hit me in the comments. But then at the start of. Beyond Light, the season of the Wrathborn, he makes an appearance again. And not only does he make an appearance, he has the crow, the resurrected guardian version of Aldrin Sov, brother of Mara sov Queen of the Awoken, who was killed by an unknown person. Um at the end of Forsaken. I'm not going to say who, because we don't know who pulled the trigger.
2: I think it was, it was me, not, but I'm not sure. I got hit easy. on the head. I got
1: How hit on the head game. and the lights
2: went out. I think it was me. I didn't count my rounds afterwards. So
0: I'm, yeah. I'm not still sure. Anyway. So
1: once we go into Beyond Light, we find out that he is the one who is, is watching after Crow. He's not treating Crow well. Nah. And then, actually, not just treating Crow badly, he has a bomb wired inside Crow's ghost Mm. that he has the button to. And if at any point he doesn't like what's happening, he destroys Crow's ghost, and Crow is back to being a mortal human like the rest of them. All throughout the season of Wrathborn, we teach Crow how to be a guardian. We eventually free him from the spider's clutches. But that is what
0: sparked what happens with Spider. Because Mara comes back in Season of the Lost, which was the season that was basically the buildup to the Witch Queen. Absolutely. The longest six
2: month prequel season where uh, we learned
0: so much. Wait until you play Halo Infinite. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, we're coming up on oh, the one dude. year of the release. I was like, okay, that's a good time to play one year after release.
1: Yeah, they, they the just increased campaign. season two another few months. So, Sorry, becoming yeah. a legend
2: audience. Okay. Y'all know, you know you played Halo. Come, every, Everybody anyway, played Halo. We a little play bit. other
1: games. You know that.
0: It's okay. <laughs>
1: Anyways, so the end of the season, Queen Mara returns. We have found all of the techians. We have returned Mara to our plane of existence. And she finds out about Spider and about Crow
0: and about how Crow is treated. She's not too happy.
1: Not at all. Let me tell you. So upset the fact that. Uh, pretty sure that she tasks Petra with eliminating the spider. Petra Venge,
2: the Queen's Wrath, the new Queen's Wrath, after Sir Ido. Yeah. Well, things happen to her. Uh, again, this is why we will discuss her at another point in time. <laughs> but Petra Venge is the new Queen's Wrath. She is amazing. You met her in uh, Forsaken. Forsaken. She was there in the mission with uh, with Cade, where we unfortunately lose him. But yeah. she was she does present the throughout thing with that knife. entire season.
0: She does the floating knife trick. Uh, she's she can blink. She's yeah. cool. He's dope. Yeah, yeah. Wait, she can just realize she can blink. She's not.
1: A- um, we don't know what the Awoken can or cannot do. Okay, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you know. wait a minute. Can the Awoken blink? Again, she does the knife thing. That's true. That's the one thing that I remember. It's his last happy
0: memory that I had with Kate. <laughs> anyways yeah
1: spider finds out spider doesn't really have a lot of allies you know uh being the leader of a criminal organization means there's not a lot of allies that you can reach out to luckily there is one he sits in the tower nobody really tells him what to do
0: that's the drifter made a deal with the drifter
1: hey get me out of here hide me do something with me you know and and that's a big thing for the spider because typically when he makes deals he likes to make deals where he is in favor he doesn't like people paying him back too quickly because then they're out of debt to him you know like he he he's the leader of a crime syndicate you know like he
0: you know
1: deals are a big deal with him you know but in a moment of desperation, he makes the deal with Drifter to try and and get uh, escorted safely, smuggled out,
0: and then of course, season starts. Find out that uh, members of the House of Salvation
1: are pillaging ships. You know, scrounging for supplies, and they accidentally hit his ship and and take him and. We step in to save him. You know now he's in our
0: debt. So I think Absolutely. So many events foiling right before our eyes. Yeah. And even
2: as you describe the history, the recent history of Mr. Rackis is um it's kind of it's kind of messed up. He was literally given reign over the Reef, and uh, by proxy, the Dreaming City. He was told by the queen of a certain space, hey, I will basically put you in charge of my land temporarily until I return. All you have to do is don't be a dick. And he he couldn't even do that. He couldn't even do that. So later, after the events of Forsaken happen, he comes upon a guardian roaming his wastelands of the reef. He knows for a fact that that is Marisol's brother, Aldrin, who has been revived as a guardian. He also knows that guardians lose their memory when they are brought back. So he knows, hey, this is someone that I can just pick up, pretend to be nice to, and make them my slave labor, essentially, and put the threat of... Destroying their ghost, which now that we know more about the spider, I think was an empty threat. I don't think he would have ever actually done it because a guardian is more useful to him than just some guy. But that's neither he nor there. We didn't know that at the time. We didn't know much about Spider, the way he talks, the way he makes empty threats, stuff like that. He's all talk, not really a lot of show, at least from what we've seen in game, which actually. In the new season of The Plunder, we get an in-game cutscene that proves this point, the one we discussed earlier, where we learn that Spider's name is Reckus. He is punked by Misrax. He summons Misrex to have a conversation with him. He thinks things are gonna go one way. They do not at all. And Misrex puts him in his place. Spider shuts up immediately, which proves that he's he's just a fiend. He scurries around. He's not necessarily the big bad leader that he presents himself to be. Which to me also makes it interesting that he is now friends, if not partners with the drifter in some way, shape or form. And this is, you would expect the same behavior from drifter. These are two characters, spider and drifter who have been through centuries of struggle, multiple scenarios of life or death and choose survival at the end of the day spider chose survival over his original house just like drifter chose survival over the multiple factions he's been with throughout the years that just happened to land him back at the tower where he is now where survival is pushing these characters together and it's it's interesting to see like these are they're very similar so one wants to dominate the other in some way and right now drifter has the power but rackus is making moves behind the scenes to try to gain power. And I would not be surprised this is getting into prediction territory. I would not be surprised if Spider were to try to make a claim to the darkness power, all these relics we've been collecting the entire season. And I think he's just making temporary moves for his survival until he can lay claim to more. I can
0: Which
2: see it fit that the spider character perfectly.
1: It would. But then there's also this rumor and I I cannot point to where I, I heard this. So just that's why I said it's a rumor. Um,
0: what we know about Crow,
1: this is going to be a weird way to get to this. All right. But just hold with me here. OK, what we know about Crow is, is that Crow's experience as a part of Spider's crew really made him empathetic. To the struggles of the Elixir and how the rationing of ether was used as a way to keep them subservient, as a way of keeping the, the Elixir in check, keeping them bound in servitude. But the rumor that I heard was also that Spider was relatively generous compared to others with how he gave out his ether you know how he was able to get his followers who were now kind of being introduced to for the first or second time you know spider seems to have been a character who you know like my impression is like he's a he's a a kind person who puts on a tough exterior does what they have to do to survive but that doesn't mean that they're a bad guy. It's just the the mask that they wear because it's what the game requires, you know? So I'm, I'm curious. Much to your point. Where they're going to go with Spider, because I, I I think your prediction is right. Something is going to happen, and I think Spider is going to be the catalyst. But I can see it going one of two ways. Spider either steps too far and does something similar to what you say, where he tries to capture or wield this power for himself, and he just uses us as a means of acquiring everything. Or we see a change in Spider's character to Spider's true self, someone who is, you know, not as as you know now that spiders is. Under the protection of the traveler in the last city, will that and his involvement with the young, naive, innocent Ido bring out a side of Spider that we have never seen? You know, a side that is a little bit more empathetic, a side of him that, you know, is is not the, you know, he's, you know, the teddy bear, I guess. Tough exterior, soft interior. And I can't say which way we're going right now. But like I do think that you're you're right on. I think that this season is going to end with Spider doing something. But which way he's going to go.
0: Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> Anyone, anyone's yeah. guess. And the writers, the writers of Destiny are doing
2: an amazing job right now at keeping us guessing. I mean, we've been talking for, you know, coming up on 50 minutes. Thanks for sticking with it by the to the end, by the way. But, yes. um, you know, we've talked about four different Elixir characters this episode. All four characters have been through different situations, different beliefs, sure. have different methods of gaining what they believe is right. And yet they all essentially have the same goal in mind, which is the survival of the Elixir race, a better life for the Elixir race than the previous centuries they've experienced some believe in the traveler some believe in the darkness but they
0: both want the elixiny race they want peace they want peace for their friends and companions
2: and it's just interesting to find out to, to see which method will be used to try to attain this peace will aramis continue to side with the witness the darkness same thing, in case you don't know who the witness is, the witness is the representation of the darkness that we've been given for now. And um, will she use the darkness to create a world of peace for the elixy, or will the light be used with Merex and Ido's method? Or perhaps there's a third with the spider, who knows? We can talk in circles about this all day, just like the whirlwind. Of Reese' path, so many timelines and plans moving around. See what happens.
0: I couldn't tell you. I really can't. I I I
2: am making a point to avoid the spoilers. Some of you out there may already know what's going to happen. I I don't. I have no idea at this point in time at the recording.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to find out. I can tell you that. Yep, I am too. Man,
1: what you just did there made us sound way better than we actually are. I think we got to get out of here now. We're not going to get any better than what we just did. <laughs> oh. Well, guys, it has been lovely uh, sitting down, talking uh, to you guys about these things that we are so passionate about. Bird, as always, it has been lovely talking with you. Um, you well, anything that you want to plug? Yes. I, at the beginning of the
2: episode, forgot to plug that we actually do have a Patreon that supports the podcast, the channel, as well as the clan. You can visit this Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash becoming legend. No space, just straight becoming legend. Currently, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little bit light. We're working on it. I am not talking down on the Patreon. I'm just letting you know what to expect. We are behind the scenes working on all kinds of things. Lately, I will tell you, we've been working on things for the clan. We recently implemented a new auto mod. We recently added, I want to say 15 members or so. So we're growing. Last I checked, we were at 72 members. We're trying to get to 100 within the next month. If you're listening to this right now, please hit me up at birdup pound sign 54 something. Forgot some shit. It's at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. You can just rewind it. And also it'll be in the description. Yeah,
0: it's in the show. Notes. Uh, other
2: than that, I don't have much else to announce except that I'm having fun in the game and it's iron hey. banner week. I know you don't play uh, Iron banner, but I have to plug it. We do it every time. Banner Banners boom. the shit right now. Y'all check it out and, uh, now, and I'll see y'all next time.
1: Now that they made iron banner, something that has a seal, like I'm, I'm more inclined to play, uh, really the biggest change. And, and I know we're, we're plugging, but I'm going to, Put this in and then i'll get my my stuff in and i'll leave uh the fact that they removed power from iron banner really made a difference uh and i actually don't mind running it anymore because i'm not yeah. getting insta melted uh i don't have anything to talk about eventually i'm going to start streaming again uh we've kind of gotten most of the house settled in again if you guys listen to the last podcast i did move uh to a new place so uh, i've been trying to get settled in trying to find a schedule or or you know make everything work uh but that's that probably will be on twitter once i decide to do that if you want to talk to me you can talk to me in the discord you can talk to me on twitter at taylor zeller uh all the social links for both of us are going to be uh in the podcast description so with that
0: we'll see you guys in the next one Bye.